0: Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D at atu.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is
1: Liam Porter, a lifelong member of Rafal Football Club and Secretary and Director of Rafal Community Sports Development, which won the 2021 National Lottery Good Causes Award in the Sport and Recreation category. Rafal FC, which has 14 teams, moved to its purpose-built facility in Drumminini in 2020. Liam has held every position on the club's officer board and has recently taken a step back from the day-to-day running of the club. Liam, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Ciarán. Liam, we might start with your own involvement with Refoe FC. You may tell us when that involvement began.
2: Um, if I remember, I think that would be a starting point. I suppose um, it's been part of my life for as long as I can remember. Uh, My father was involved in setting up the underage and then I played obviously um, growing up and started helping him I suppose. Uh, When you think of it now, just something that uh, just wouldn't happen. I was maybe... 13 or 14 away in, in charge of teams uh, but there was nobody else there to do it at the time um, so I played I was a coach uh, without any <laughs> coaching qualifications may I add for the longest time uh, pretty much like everybody else in fairness at the, at the time um, I then became secretary I've held every position um, in the club I I recently actually just stepped Back from the day to day running of the club, I've, I've a lot of other things going on uh, at the minute, um, so just trying to juggle and just it's, a, it's it can be quite time consuming. But I'm still am um, uh, a, a director and secretary of Ruffo Community Sports Development, which is one and the same with Ruffo Town, and that's really looking after the development side here uh, at Romanini, where we are the the new pitch development and stuff.
1: Just going back to your early days, Liam, uh, the Porter family have been synonymous with Refoe Football Club, so I'm sure it was a way of life for you back then?
2: Uh, It it very much was, and I suppose um, in small communities something like the Football Club was really important, but uh, it was also there was lots of other things that were going on um, you know we were involved in the pipe band and in athletics I used to run with Lufford, and you know basically if there was something going on we would give it a go Like I look back on it now and go how do we ever manage it we never had a car there was a big family of us uh, we always seemed to get there and, and get to do things but it was no different than, than my friends growing up everybody kind of There wasn't as many other distractions there, so the sport and the community things and the music and those different things, that's what people did at the time, uh, and everybody got involved in. uh, My dad was very much involved. He was a secretary, I think. Uh, I remember, I think, Martin McGinley doing, doing a story in the Dairy Journal at one point where he was secretary of something like 14... Different organisations at one time. Um, how he managed that, I don't know. And I used to think I'll never be like that, and uh, and I wonder. <laughs> did, did you feel compelled maybe to sort of follow in his footsteps, Liam? Um, no, I, I've been asked that before, and strangely, I, I don't think so. Um, I I played, as I said, you know, for as long as I could play. Um, but I think I got more enjoyment from the coaching. I wasn't exactly the best player. I wouldn't say I'm the best coach either. But, you know, I I got a real sense of self-worth from the coaching, you know, feeling that you might be helping others and helping other kids. I would see seen a lot of myself maybe um, in some of the kids that I would coached over the years. I wouldn't, I'd say I wasn't, I still probably am not the most confident person and I would have seen a lot of young young kids coming through and go, you know, they have a lot of potential they just need um, someone to guide them and give them that bit of confidence so I think I got a lot more from the coaching but I love playing and I still play and I was out here on Wednesday night playing our walking football uh, badly as well but still, <laughs> I still play and it was great
1: you were quoted recently as saying amateur clubs don't need to try to be professional, but they need to be well-run and to be well set up, same the same as a business.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, um, you'll often hear people talking about a club, you know, a sports club or a small local amateur club, and they'll say, oh, that's a real professional outfit. Um, and I sometimes feel that the danger in that is that, then you you start to compare yourself to a professional outfit like you know some of the premier League teams and and that mindset comes in maybe to um, you, you filters all the way down to the play side and stuff and i, I definitely i think f- from our own point of view uh I don't think that's where we want to be um, you know and I suppose there's there's a few things that are you know no one exactly you know where you're from and where you want to go and what you want to be is huge and and like we're a small community club and we want to provide for our members and provide football for our members and a tiny, tiny percentage of people who play any kind of sport get on to compete at an elite level Um, so... In terms of, you know, the fear that, oh, they're a professional outfit uh, and everything, you know, seems professional, there's no money changing hands. We're volunteers here running running the club, so it's not professional, but it does have to run in a business-like fashion, simply because... Sport has very much changed since those days. I was talking about, like, you couldn't have a 13 or 14 year old in charge of a team now. There's a huge amount of governance for the better, might may I add, um, you know, around uh, child safeguarding and uh, guard of and you know, all, there's lots of different governance issues, and it takes a lot of time and dedication behind the the scenes and away from the playing side um, to keep any club. Going in relation to that, so you do, and then obviously there's the day to day running costs and insurance and light and heat and and you know fees for registrations and you know all of those things have to be looked after, and you have to look after them um, like a business. And I suppose the last thing um, you are really a service provider uh, in the sense that you know your members and are your customers and you have to really be trying to provide for them and again you know as a small um, amateur club i would say we look to provide in the sense that we're providing football for them Um, i used a quote recently at a a sports partnership workshop um, i said you know if we win it's by happy accident um and and that's because you know it's not set out as our primary focus. Our primary focus is to get kids to play and young people to play and adults to play. It's really to get as many people involved in the game as coaches, volunteers, players. We had, as I mentioned earlier, we had walking football the last day. So uh, just knowing where that is 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 huge. And you know, um, you know, you can redefine how you measure success. And try sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say you can, you can redefine how you measure success by you know are you doing work that you're proud of, um, and if you're do, if you know exactly what your aims and objectives are, then then you can manage to do that. So, uh, in essence, it's down to purpose. Absolutely, you know, um, I suppose in many ways, you know, like. Uh, it's like a business in the sense if if you know what your purpose is, if, if you know exactly uh, what your reason is, then you can, you can go and, and you know any business is, is either um, competition driven or story driven and maybe because I've been around so long and my background has been in, in newspapers or whatever, I would say it's story driven in the sense that you actually live out your, your ethos, uh, you know, competition driven person is you know they're responsible uh to the markets they really want to just to win at all costs and and you know the bottom line is is there be all and end all and you know that works a lot for for a lot of people where as you know story driven will will be uh they want to matter to people and and, and making an impact uh, is, is about as uh, as a big a win as anything.
1: Liam, you mentioned the role of volunteer. How important is it that the right person is in the role, right role?
2: Yeah, I think I think it can be. Uh, it's very important. I, I think it's you know in, in any small uh, local club, and, and that's across any sports. And um, I think you're going to find that recruitment of volunteers is always a problem. Um, and it's often a problem because they look from the outside and uh, maybe they see somebody like me and go, Cheekers he's out with four teams and he's out and he must be out every day of the week. So it's it's um and that's something that that We here had to have a look at. I attended, uh, I'm trying to think, a couple of years ago, a a brilliant workshop on governance at the Sports Partnership. Maggie Farrelly ran it down in the LYAT, as it was said. And we came away from that and said, look, we really have to work on uh, defining the roles of. Of everybody in the club, making sure people know exactly what uh their roles and responsibilities, and having that in writing as well, so when you would have your a g m and other things, the people can be uh, know when they come on board the committee this is what 's expected of you uh, you're not just here to take a box you know you have to contribute um, and I think that it's something again that clubs might not have been as much aware of and because once you can pull back and start to put yourself in that space then you can have good governance but you also can have and find the people to be in that role people are happy enough to come on board if they're doing something that they have the skills for in the field and often people parents you know might look oh, I don't know anything about football or gaa or athletics or boxing or whatever and think that they can't contribute when their skills might be in accounts or in uh, social media or photography, or you know it's something else that could be really, really beneficial, and it could take a job away from someone else who 's already maybe got two or three so uh, I do think it 's really important, but it 's something that you know um, clubs have to work a wee bit at as well to make sure that they can uh, pull back and really clearly define the roles that they need
1: they Last year, Refoe Community Sports Development was announced as the winner of the Sport and Recreation category. Um, I'm sure that was just reward for the ethos and for all the effort and all the hard work by people like yourselves down the years.
2: Um, It was probably one of the most memorable uh, things that I have had in relation to the overall club. Um, because, as you said, it was a reward for, you know, uh, Nick, we've been lucky enough um, to win by happy accident or otherwise, you know, uh, different leagues and cups and different things over the years. But this was a more kind of holistic uh, thing. You had to, you entered the, the competition as a full community sports, but they we're one in the same, they full town FC. And you had to impress upon a panel of judges um, why you should be named as the overall winner nationally firstly you had to be whittled down to reach a final uh, then um, you, you had a presentation to uh, to a, p- a panel of judges I think there might have been five uh, who listened to the presentation and asked questions and then went away and made their decision um, really what we tried to do was highlight um, that everything about this club is not about the football uh, and that's really what you mentioned earlier about what the purpose is you know the purpose is to be uh, community centred and it's to be uh, about its people uh, and that means that there 's a lot of things that happen here that are not necessarily just about the football so and that 's why we engage with you know people like the uh, Donegal sports partnership and and lots and lots of training We, we had jigsaw here to do mental health program We have Donegal uh, youth Service coming to do a workshop with our young players on uh, social media soon All of those things are you know not necessarily what people would think would be in the day-to-day running of a club but they enrich the community uh, and, you know, by by being involved in, in those it has enriched our members it's given them different skills and different opportunities and has let people see the club in a good light like the room we're sitting in here a couple of years ago was stacked to the roof with um, just amazing Contributions. We we decided during the COVID period that so many people were struggling um, that we might present a hamper to each of the local four local schools uh, to give to a family of their children that, that was in need, and we were just inundated. and And that that kind of kind of support that you get from the community, we had it again um, when Young Casey Blackburn was raising money and. You know, we couldn't sit back and say, "Well, Casey good luck to you," because she had played for us, and we felt it very much that she was part, part and parcel of our community. So we had to to get involved as one of our players. And I think that's, you know, when you get rewarded for that at the end, because sometimes um, there's a lot of work in the day to day of running a club. I think we. 14 teams, maybe from under 6s up to adult men and women there's a huge amount of work on that on its own uh, without taking on these other things, but these other things are really what um, make us kind of cool the extra mile, but it's, I think it's, it's really puts the focus on the people and you know, we're sitting in the clubhouse here now for the longest time we had nothing and, but we had the people, and that 's what made the club so you always have to keep it back to that focus and say, "You know it has to be about your your people and your community because without them it 'd be nothing speaking of the community
1: and speaking of your people. I'm sure that they enjoyed the success uh, equally um, when the winner was announced back in, in May last year. Would you mind going back to that day, Liam, and maybe telling our listeners what happened and what unfolded that day? Well,
2: we were we were in um, COVID COVID times as it were. Well. I actually. Um, had to, had to go on to represent Revoke Community Sports on a live Zoom that was coming from the Mansion House uh, I think it was at around 1 o'clock or around one thirty, and I couldn't sit around all no morning waiting for that so I went out and coached to under 8 uh, and came home and got changed and then it was a matter of just kind of sitting sitting through uh, what I thought was a routine um, scenario of announcing winners at no point did I think Ruffo Community Sports would be named as a winner um, on the basis of the fact that the Donegal Sports uh, Group had won the sports the previous year. So I had completely ruled out the possibility of it happen happening. Um, but one, uh, there was another Donegal group in a different category. Uh, the Letterkenny Cathedral Quarter, and the host, uh, Grania Shoga, I think it was, um, went to speak to Don Harvey uh, about about the Letterkenny Community Quarter and our Cathedral Quarter, sorry, and just about the work that they do there. And as Don was talking, it kind of took me back. the The award ceremony was on on uh, the same same day as my dad's anniversary, uh, and. As it turned out, um, and you were probably there standing beside me, um, on Cathedral Quarter or Church Lane, as we knew it back then, uh, we were waiting for the opening of the new Dairy Journal office uh, when I got word that my dad had died. And <coughs> I was just listening to Don and talking, and thinking back about, uh, like, behind me there was a wall, and I mean from floor to ceiling of Good luck and you know, the kids in the school <coughs> had they drawn pictures and they had, you know, all those kind of stuff. I'm still getting emotional about thinking back in this. Uh, and Refoke Community Sports was named as the winner and I had been just thinking of Donovan was talking away and I was thinking back to that day and you know, how far we've come now, we have this pitch and all this stuff and and um I actually didn't realise. It took a few seconds for to realise that you know Refoe Community Sports had been named, and I was emotional. It still comes back to me now. Sorry, um, but you know when you have been involved for such a long time in something like this, um, you can see what it means. But <clears throat> what what meant even more then was. Within minutes, this was a live stream. Uh, within minutes, I looked around and, you know, I don't know how many people were were standing outside and they're cheering in the window and waving. And I was trying to keep them quiet because, you know, the live stream was still going on, and, and there was always a possibility that some somebody might come back to talk to me. Um, but it was an amazing, it was an amazing day for the community, and it's just a, it was like. There's a, been a huge number of people here in this small community that have put work in, and are continuing to put work in uh, to this club, and um, you know, and they've brought all sorts of different skills. And that's you know, we had an AGM recently where I did kind of step back from the day-to-day running, and it was brilliant to see. It was probably one of the best attended. Now the last couple were were on Zoom as well because of COVID. But with a great attendance with new faces and new skills, and it's an amazing thing to see that people stepping up. Um, but it is come back to what you're saying you know, it still has to be run uh, in a business like fashion. There's still accounts to be done, there's a day to day running, there's you know, all sorts of governance and um, registrations and admin, uh, finance, all of these things have to. You know, they're all aside from the coaching of a team and, and taking teams, which you know can be often the really enjoyable part. But if you don't do the other parts, your club doesn't exist.
1: Liam, as you mentioned, we're here in one of the referees' room uh, at Raphoe's new clubhouse. Can you talk to me a wee bit about the facilities, both inside and outdoors?
2: Yeah, well, you know. Um, Part of the story that we told for that Rufford Community Sports was, you know, how long we had gone without what we effectively called a home. Um, we, um, we we on a number of times thought we had somewhere, and then we were told, "Yeah, well, no, you can't. You have to move."
1: Liam, was there ever a time
2: uh, during those years that you thought, "You know what?
1: Uh, this is too much. I'm, I'm going to head off here." Um
2: personally no. <laughs> um and I think that again it's probably what I mentioned earlier. Your your club isn't this no different than if you have a you know, and I know this is business matters, if you have a business um and you have a good business and a good business idea and a good product, uh and you don't have a premises or the right premises the premises doesn't make your business uh no different than having this makes your club uh it obviously helps to have it but you can you know you can persevere and you can find a way and that kind of um resilience and innovation and all of those things that you need to kind of survive in business we needed to had that to survive as a club you know moving from place to place and finding ways to you know a ways around things and you know overcoming obstacles all of those things had to come into play for us and you know uh it was a lot it took the longest time we were lucky at a point when you know when Mary Collin was the Minister for Agriculture um, I had written to her to see if there was anywhere you know I knew that the department had some land or, and around her phone was there anywhere that might be suitable uh, and in fairness to Mary she was like she was fantastic she went out of her way to help us whatever way we could and um, and we, we eventually got the lease here and it took a long time then to go through the various uh, legalities and stuff, which is why your full community sports development limited had uh, to come into play because you had to set up the limited company uh, in terms of the leasing and the um, looking for finance and whatnot. Uh, and we've had help then from obviously from our local councillors, uh, Greg McBarry and others, uh, you know, over the years, which has been fantastic. It's a work in progress still, um, but you know. If anybody had played in Refoe, you know, when I was playing, you know, we were out playing walking football the last night, and I was going, you know, it's just amazing to be able to still play here anyway, but no matter no matter how slow it is, because, um, you know, you would have just loved it. And that's that's part of it. So you have one full-size uh,
1: pitch up the back lane, you have a smaller pitch with grass at the other side, and there are plans now for a third training pitch closer to the road.
2: Yes indeed. Um, there's there's three there's three playing areas effectively. There's a pitch and a training pitch and um look at all of that and, and obviously the clubhouse that we're sitting in here and all of that, you know, uh takes money. We had we have had support from the leader, uh DLDC, um and again, you know, the planning application for those and the business plans that you have to produce and um, the various parts of this, you know, so many sports clubs have to do this. Uh, so many people don't realise that those are the kind of things that sports clubs would need to do.
1: Can I ask, you, Do you feel sometimes that there is too much red tape in the way of clubs and it stifles their progress?
2: Um, no, I think sometimes that uh, we're probably not any different than you know a business. Going for uh, grant aid or any of those kind of things. If you're getting public money, then uh, people should should be careful about how it's being spent. And I don't necessarily think that that it's too much. I think that a lot of clubs maybe are afraid of it because there can be quite a bit of work in it. Uh, and again, I would say that something can be if you can get your right volunteers on board and the right people on board. And and within organisations, you know, within the F E I for instance, um, Herbie Bar and the Ulster FA would have helped clubs, many clubs help, you know, with their sports capital, for instance, um, and different things. And there we'll take a break.
0: Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in financial services. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email exec ed, execed at ATU.ie today. You're welcome back. Before
1: the break, Liam was talking about the process of securing funding from various state bodies and organisations.
2: There, There is help there um, for clubs, so I would say don't be afraid of it. Um, we apply for everything as a head to our chairman, uh, Mike Kelly, says, look, we apply for everything, the worst they're going to say is no. <laughs>
1: Tell me, Liam, I know when you're not doing your day job and you're not on the fields coaching for Refoe FC that you are doing a Master's by Research in Business at Donegal ATU. Your thesis, I believe, is on whether design thinking could help small creative businesses.
2: Yes, indeed, here. <laughs> Uh, because I have so much time on my hands, in fact, it's one of the reasons that I have kind of taken the step back just for now. Um, it can be, it's quite labour intensive. I'm working uh, during the day, so uh, I'm trying to do this on a full time basis as well. Um, you're juggling quite a lot of things are spinning plates as I told someone but um, it's a fascinating subject design thinking I was lucky enough to have a contract with the local enterprise office for a number of years and work with the creative coast and a number of creative businesses and you know blown away by the creative creativity and talent that there is and you know some of the amazing businesses um, and then I went on to study creative thinking and innovation and entrepreneurship in Trinity College and one thing kind of led on to the other and, and I had this opportunity to do the Masters in ATU Donegal as it is now and um, you know I just jumped at it with with uh, two hands outstretched and it's been another huge learning curve for me Um but you know I'm about halfway through, and and there's a lot of work yet to do. So that I'm just kind of stepped. I'm not. I'm not on the coaching pitch too much now. Uh, you mentioned uh, innovation.
1: Is it important that sports clubs have or develop uh, innovation and in their
2: master plan? Yeah, absolutely. I think that. Um, you know, sometimes you hear a word like innovation and, and people wouldn't associate it with, with sport. Uh, and I think I mentioned to you in the run up to uh, a, a guy called Dr. Karen Thomas that, you know, I studied some things with when I was at Trinity. And he worked with Sport Ireland recently uh, on, uh, on innovation. And innovation is really about look, looking at how things are done now and can it be done differently and can it be done better and it's easy to get stuck in a rut now you know whether it's business or sport, um you get you get really bogged down in your day to day. Um you don't have time to think about planning or innovating or anything. You just have to do you know, if you're a sports club, what's the matches you know, there I think we've there's four matches here at the weekend. You could be just thinking about that. If you didn't have longer goals to set down and plan and think about um and then you know just because something's been done in a certain way forever doesn't mean that's the way it should always be done so uh, i think it's really important I, if we hadn't done it here i don't think we would have what we have here and uh, like all those skills i mentioned earlier just the resilience and the agility and stuff but you know um The design thinking part is really about creating um, customer-centric products and customer-centric services. So we have to think about who your end user is and are you providing for them. Are
1: those some of the lessons that you'd have learned with your time at the local enterprise office?
2: Yeah, well, you know, when you start to work with with the businesses and you're you're trying to... um, Learn from the people that are around you, you know, you start to see. Uh, they had some amazing speakers there that I got to hear. I uh, got to work with, with fantastic uh, mentors, Michael Tunney, who was the head of Enterprise there, um, with a wealth of knowledge, and Ursula Donnelly, for instance, who's in Enterprise Ireland. And I learned so much of those. Uh, the late Jim Meehan, who was in Prometheus, and think is the name of his company, in Sligo. Um, and he came to do a training day and... You know, I was just so taken by everything that he said and I went a number of times afterwards to meet him in um either Donegal Town or Sligo and have a coffee and uh so I learned so much from from those uh but again, you know i have I've I've preached this so many times to our coaches and our committee members and stuff, the value of uh kind of growth thinking and and knowing that what you don't know. Uh so If you just sit back and think, well, that's me, I'm done, I know it all now, you'll be overtaken, whether that's in business or sport or anything. So um, just have that thirst for uh, learning more and and kind of going the next mile and and asking lots of questions. Ask why, why are you doing this? Why, what's the point of it? Ask why five times um, and just keep asking the questions. And that's what leads to innovation and kind of new ways of thinking. How do you feel now when you, you
1: you reflect on all your contribution and how far things have come here at Rafo FC?
2: Um, I'm very proud of of the club and the community. Um, I probably don't think so much of my own contribution um, because, like footballs, is a, a team sport um, and. When I was helping out my dad, there was a few people that always helped out. And, you know, ever since, there's always been a committee. It's never been, you know... Well, I've been maybe a constant thread over a long period of years. There have always been so many other people involved. So it's never been just me. Um, Sometimes people might think that. But I've never thought that. And, you know, I would never say this place is here because you know, because I did X, Y and or Z it's here because a whole community of people over a long period of time um, just kept chipping away and, and just kept the club going and kept, as I said, changing and new people came on board with new ideas and new energy and enthusiasm um, and so when I look back over all the years, I would say it's changed hugely. And I'm very proud, and probably more proud, and I think I might have mentioned this to you, the fact that, you know, not even so much that we have all of this, is that, you know, you can go meet a kid that you coached, whatever, 20 years ago, and they'll still talk to you. They'll they'll see you as your as. A coach that has done something, and you know, when we were doing the coaching, they'll always say people will um, always remember how you made them feel. So, again, it comes back to the the customer centric thing. It's like give give the kids a bit of confidence and give them time in the field and try and encourage them and help them. And I'm sure there are probably kids that you know I've been a long time that. Think that I didn't do that, and you know, um, I would hope that there aren't too many of them. But you know, I'm sure over that period of time, there's going to be some. But that's well, that's where my kind of uh, thing would have been all the time. That that's the win for me is that you know you you can have um, young people that that you'll meet. In fact, on, I was in the college on Tuesday in Kerry and first three people I met were um, one of the girls of our own senior women's team come on walking walk um, Rebecca McCulligan and then I met Patrick McGarvey the young goalkeeper who used to play with um, in the Donegal team with me and Cian McEntee uh, from Guido Patrick from Dunlow and all three of them you know spoke to me just on the back of having known them as their coach and I might as well have won the lotto It's hard to put a price on that. It's absolutely, you know, and and again, you know, people might not understand that um, if you if you get that back from someone that you no longer have any kind of working with in the day to day, then you feel that the time that you've put in has been worth it, and that's when you you, you reflect back and say, yeah, you know. That's that's what's good. This is amazing that we're in a clubhouse here and we've got a pitch here and stuff. But again, it's back to what I said at the start. It's always about the people.
1: Looking ahead, Liam, when do you envisage getting your masters
2: finished? Uh, <laughs> as soon as I can. Um, yeah, Kian Alec, I, I it's a two-year program. I have amazing supervisors in um, Tina Patton and Crona O'Donoghue. In they've been so supportive, and it's been it's been a tough first year. I would have to say there was a mandatory. Um, level 9 course in research practice that had to be done as part of it uh, Julia Wilson was my lecturer in those and, and again was was just fantastic but just even getting back to um, learning how to write in that academic style people think oh so you write for years and it's a whole different thing so um, again just learning that and learning how to juggle it and learning again you know managing time as working and coaching and you know Studying and all of those things had to come into play. Uh, I'm kind of—I keep thinking I'm on the home straight. Uh, I've had a survey done, and uh, the next part of the research uh, will happen now over the next probably the next two months or six weeks, and uh, then it'll be mostly analysis, and then sit down to to get that thesis out. I'm hoping to have it finished by you know May or June of next year. And your hopes for Rifo FC? Uh, my hope for Riffle FC is that it, um, that it never loses the, the focus of being like a community-centred club that, you know, um, I think I have it run down here, that don't try to matter by winning, try to win by mattering. Um, and that's, you know, be part of the community, That's what has kept it going for so long. Um, Don't ever change to say we're going to go all out now and try and make this all about winning, because so many people won't get to play then. Um, And my fear would be that you know, different from you know when we started this conversation was about when I was growing up and the different things. And I said this is not any different to what my friends did and everything. There's so many other distractions now. There's so many things that young people can do. Um, A real part of what you try to do as a coach and what you try to do as a club is to instill a love of the game, uh, a love of playing. I know you're involved in athletics. You didn't always do athletics, but you love to run now. Uh, If you look at at the runners in the Kenny Athletic Clubs who are 12 and 13 or 14 will they still love to run? Hopefully they will. Would I come out here to under-8s and under-10s, will they still love to play like the guys that were out here playing walk football, like me, in their 50s? You know, um, it's that love of the game. If we try and instill that in our young people, then the game will continue. But there's so many distractions now that, um, you know, sometimes I feel that they can take it or leave it and they can walk away and and all of this then would be for nothing you know in the sense so uh, it's really the hope is keep the people in mind and keep that focus on participation and fun and enjoyment and playing people have enough stress in their lives and sport is supposed to be fun and a release and take that pressure away
1: and very finally Liam um we started the conversation, mentioning your father, and I think it would be appropriate to sort of maybe finish uh, also talking about your dad. I'm sure he would be extremely proud of yourself and what has happened here.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's, I think he would. I... Um, I had a lovely occasion during the summer which was not football related at all I was in New Ross in Wexford with uh, two of my brothers uh, at the All-Ireland Pipe Band Jamming jumps, and as I said we were involved in so many things uh, and there was um, a trophy for one of the drum cores. I think, I don't know what grade it was but it was the Joe Porter Memorial but what was also lovely was that the winners of the Grade One band, um, overall winners, um, came came through. I can't remember now. I'm going to say it's Field Marshal Montgomery. Sorry, just left me. And young Alex Buchanan from just outside Rufo here uh, travels to play with Field Marshal Montgomery. Alex was looking at me, going, "What are you doing down at Wixford?" Uh, at the All-Ireland Pipe Band competitions because he played football as a kid and it kind of goes back to that thing uh, and I think that he would be very proud of what has happened here I, I think it's that whole um, the holistic thing It's his thing was always about getting players to getting kids to play it wasn't ever like, obviously you needed somewhere to play and that was always kind of a something that was sticking out and full we didn't have somewhere but more importantly it was getting them to play somewhere uh, and the fact that kids are still playing and they're playing more than ever and we've got girls now playing and with so many wh- it would be hugely proud but then so again with so many of others that you know that have come and gone and uh, that have left here and said it wasn't just him um some of the others players and committee members you know are no longer with and like i'll always think of them when i'm out here and i'm thinking you know we used to sit in committee meetings for years thinking about where could we where could we get play you know we played games away from home for years and all sorts of different things so definitely there would be there would be a huge pride there but I think the pride again would be mostly the fact that it's still going and and, and people like you know Mike Kelly who's the chairman now uh, his dad was was hugely involved Seamus Bogle who gives so much time like all of those people um, like have given so much to the club uh, in so many ways over such a long period of time that that it's important just to keep it going and it's, it's important to keep it going with the focus that it always had had and that's really to provide football.
1: Liam Porter, lifelong member of Refoe Football Club and secretary of Refoe Community Sports Development. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on business matters. Thank you, Kieran. Well that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, the Importer, thanks to Kenneth Wilson on Sound, and thanks to you for listening.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to Business Matters at HeidenRadio.com. Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D, at atu.ie today.